Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, April 8th, 2019. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Steve Hellwagon. Steve, we're going to go through kind of the biggest question marks as the Buckeyes wrap up spring ball this week. Um, that'll, that'll culminate with, of course, the spring game this Saturday. Um, you know, let's start with the quarterback position. Do you feel like Justin Fields is definitely the guy there? Oh, no question about it. I think – Based on what we saw last week, uh, we got to go to the practice on Friday, and they had basically a full-scale uh, scrimmage to a degree, I suppose, and he took 90% of the reps with the first team, as far as I could tell. I think at the end, they switched it up and had Matthew Baldwin uh, work a little bit with the first team, and then Chris Jagunoff worked uh, with the second team, which was his only action, really. So, and as my recollection, he got in there and threw two touchdown passes in rapid-fire succession, the chugger did. So, if they have to go to number three, he is tanned, rested, and ready. But, uh, no, it's Field's job. I don't think that there's any uh, doubt about that. I mean, uh, Baldwin may come out in the spring game on Saturday and and throw like a house of fire and maybe some people will start to think hey, he's pushing him for this job. But I think it was one of our posters made the very astute observation that when Day said that they're very comparable in terms of completion percentage this spring, then that's advantage fields because he is clearly, clearly the better runner. So, uh, I mean, he made a run. You were there uh, at one point. He kept it and got to the end of the line of scrimmage and cut on a dime and just squirted through the secondary. And I'm not sure anybody would have caught him. So he is electric as a runner. So he brings that extra facet. And uh, that's what in a lot of ways makes him a special player. Yeah. And of course, uh, you know, if they got a fingertip on him at the scrimmage, he was considered down wearing that black, no contact Jersey. And Matthew Baldwin, for those that are wondering, was also wearing a black, no contact Jersey um in the scrimmage so yeah that really does take away when you're a and you know Justin Fields is is a you know a he really is a pass first quarterback when he decides to run he, he is electric so it's gonna be interesting to see how much they use that quarterback run this year uh, as you look at this offensive line um obviously replacing four starters and you know not just what they have this spring Steve obviously projected ahead they're gonna have Thayer Mumford back from injury they're gonna have Jonah Jackson in the Rutgers transfer just as you look at this offensive line um, heading into 2019, the season, uh, what's your confidence level? Very high. I think that uh, the development of Nicholas Petit Ferrer is really something. And he's a guy who honestly may not play uh, that much unless they rotate tackles in because I'm fully expecting the tackles to be Thayer Mumford and uh, Brandon Bowen. I think Josh Myers is pretty well set at the center position, although you got Matthew Jones and the freshman coming in, Harry Miller, who are also going to be pushing for that job. I think the guards, uh, it seems to me, Wyatt Davis, who started the end of last year, would be one of them. And then probably Jonah Jackson, the, the transfer from Rutgers with two years' experience 
playing in the Big Ten, it would seem to me that that is his job to lose, even though he's not there. I watched some of the um, pass rush and pass blocking drills while you guys were all watching the seven-on-seven, all the sexy stuff down at the one, and including the fight, the fight that was going on down there between an unnamed wide receiver and an unnamed defensive back. Um, I think they've I been named to, by now, but yeah, they've uh, been named. But let's we're not we're not pushing that. Let's just say that. So uh, I got to watch each guy probably pass rush three or four times one on one, and also pass block uh, three or four times. And Petit Ferrer has really come on. Um, I I don't have any doubt that Jonah Jackson. Uh, what I'm driving at is I, I don't have any doubt after watching that drill. That Jonah Jackson is probably going to come in and take take the other guard spot. I, I think that seems to me like that's where things are headed. So uh, that's seven or eight pretty good players. I know Gavin Cup has been repping a little bit as well, but uh, I think it's Jackson's job to lose once he arrives. And uh, again, that's seven or eight pretty good players that they have developed. Uh, I didn't even mention Josh Alabe, who was starting the other day at tackle. Uh, because Brandon Bowen had been kicked inside because Wyatt Davis was sick. So uh, that's the great thing about Bowen. He's got the ability to play four positions on that offensive line and could be uh, the Swiss you, uh, the Swiss Army knife. Uh, I almost said Swiss utility. <laughs> it's early in the morning, and I don't, I can't remember my funny sayings. But I like Swiss Army knife. That's a, that's Swiss Army knife, yeah. It's usually used for a skill guy, but I, why can't why can't a big guy also be a Swiss Army knife? I agree, I and I'm I'll just bring it home and say, I like what I see. Uh, they don't have a lot of experience playing together. Only one guy's a quote returning starter, although Bowen started previously, and Jonah Jackson has two years of starting experience at Rutgers. But uh, why Davis has started two games, but I think they've got the potential to be an outstanding offensive line. And I look at this wide receiving core, and, and I like this group a lot. Um, the one thing, you know, others have said this to me, and I've thought about it, um, you know, they don't really have maybe um, as much speed as they had last year. You know, you look at, obviously, Paris Campbell has speed for days, but even Terry McLaurin, they had, they're losing some speed, and, but I, I don't want to confuse it, though. They're still going to be very athletic. We'll just look at what Ben Victor did, you know, against Penn State, that, that unbelievable play he made. And Austin Mack, if he stays healthy and he looks good right now, he's an athletic dude. And Chris Olave is the one guy who probably you know, might be the fastest of the group. K.J. Hill's not a fast guy as far as, you know, being a burner at the college level. But, man, he's a really, really, really good college wide receiver, maybe even a great college wide receiver. I don't know how well, well he'll do at the NFL level, but he catches everything. I think he'll at least play in the NFL. Um, short story long, um, as I finally get to the question here, I mean, are you concerned there's not, that this wide receiving core is not explosive enough, or, or do you just love this wide receiving core? Where do you come down when you look at the wide receivers? I think it's going to be a good receiving core. I don't know yet if we're, we're looking at greatness. I think, uh, Ryan Day made an impassioned comment the other day that to be a championship team, your, your great players have to play great. And K.J. Hill and Austin Mack potentially are great players, both of them in their senior year, which is hard to believe. In Mack's case, it, it's kind of gone by in a blink. K.J. Hill, a fifth-year senior, a little bit different. And Ben Victor, same thing. Um, you know, he's had scratched the surface even back to his freshman year against Maryland and then up through uh, everything else he did. You mentioned the Penn State 
they don't win that game probably if he doesn't make that one play. And that was the determining uh, factor in a lot of ways and then winning the division probably too. So, um, you know, I don't know. It, it To me, I, I, I think that there is great potential there. Jalen Gill can fill in at the H receiver position. Uh, DeMario McCall, depending on where he lines up, could be in the receiver group or the running back group. He could help out there. I like that uh, Brian Hartline and Brian, uh, uh, Ryan Day have decided to go with the three seniors as the starters. Uh, you know, in principle, I mean, things will change game to game. But uh, Victor, Austin Mack, and KJ, KJ Hill will get the first chance and then you have Jalen Harris, uh, who can help them tremendously. Um, you know, and the time's kind of run down on him. He's already a junior, I believe. Uh, he needs to, to step up. And, you know, he's watched a lot of games the last two years, sat behind great players and no fault of his. But his time is now. Chris Olave, what can you say after what he did at the end of last season? He's explosive. He's ready to go. Um C.J. Saunders is the other one probably in the mix. Yeah, C.J. Saunders. You know, as I was going back over my notes, Elijah Gardner made a couple plays in that scrimmage we read yeah. the other day. And even that walk-on, uh, Garen. Garen Crater looked great. Garen yeah. Crater looked great. Kid from, for those that are don't know who the hell we're talking about, kid from Cincinnati, Wyoming. Could have been a you know D2 scholarship guy, maybe even a MAC scholarship guy. was a preferred walk-on. Yeah. Third-year sophomore, big, tall rangy wide receiver also was a basketball player in high school uh garen prater i tell you man if, if he, i think he was the star of the entire scrimmage um oh, you, know what? you know you know the thought you know what though i think somebody edged out garen prater and that would be zach harrison who i've, I've now nicknamed sack harrison sack, sack harrison sack harrison. Had a very good scrimmage sack yes, had a very good and you should have seen him in the uh pass pass block pass rush drills oh good lord he uh he made now he did get smothered in by the thing with him is he's a little undersized uh weight wise probably to yeah. go in and, and play at the Big 10 level this year but uh when he's able to play in space and use that athleticism and uh get his steps in and and, and run around people i think he can succeed and i'm certain that coach Marotti will get him to the preferred weight uh, through dieting and and uh, somebody said in this same vein, Petit Ferrer is in taking eight thousand calories a day. He came in at like two seventy, and he's got like what a six five six six frame. He's got the ability to be up to three hundred probably without too much uh, hurting too much of his athleticism. And I would say, I mean, I'm not predicting Sack Harrison is going to be a three hundred yard three hundred pound player, <laughs> but get him in the two sixty range. At 270, and now you've really got somebody or something, I think. Uh, one wide receiver I didn't mention was Garrett Wilson, the freshman, and I think uh, he, he looked great to me in drills. I think they threw a deep ball to him that uh, he was wide open and the defensive back recovered and, and batted it away, but uh, I don't recall him. He maybe had a couple catches, but uh, I think he is a guy that could potentially help them right away as a true freshman. So I'm glad uh, you remember that because all the listeners would have got on us for forgetting. Oh, Garrett. they would have killed yeah. us! You, you forgot only, Garrett Wilson. That would have been an all exclamation points. Yeah, just <laughs> just a five star receiver, no big deal. Um, 
Uh, and, and Garrett Wilson, not only is he looking good out there, he's getting some run with the first team. Now, they're rotating a ton of guys. We're going to talk about the defense here in a second, just like they're doing on defense. Or, so a lot of guys, for example, are getting you know playing time with the first team and the second team on both offense and defense. You have you know um, a lot of wide receivers that are doing that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned Garrett Wilson. That he's he's a guy that's definitely going to play. Ryan Day's talked about that. He'll be in the rotation. He will definitely play. I think they're going to play probably six or seven wide receivers, and he will be one of them. Um, okay, as we move along to the defense, um, do you think this defense will be a strength this year? It was a weakness last year. I like what I'm seeing. I, do you think it'll be a strength this year? Yeah, I made the comment or the question I asked Ryan Day. You know, they kind of got sucked along on a 13-1 and Big Ten Rose Bowl championship team last year. They won in spite of them in many cases. I mean, you think about Maryland, my goodness, that was a – debacle of the highest order they gave up 50 points and somehow won the game or 51 maybe i don't even 52 51 maybe was there 51 50 52 51 i think they won the game because of the best damn passing quarterback in ohio state history Dwayne has decided for one game i'm going to run the ball you know people who have really dug in on Dwayne haskins and uh, assessed his game have brought that up that you know, when he wants to run the football, not to digress off on our defense, but on our defensive discussion, but um, I saw one draft analyst, I forget who it was, who really did his homework and said in this one game, one time in 14 games, he was determined to run the football, and uh, it was very good results. So I give credit to that guy, whoever it was, that really – Honed in on, uh, you know, that ability is there for Haskins if he needs it. He's not a fast guy, but uh, he is a big guy, and he can run the ball if need be. Defense, yes, I think it's going to be much improved. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, they're going to put the guys, first of all, in better position, and I think uh, they're talking about using some zone. We're getting away from this square peg, round hole thing that uh, that they that – they, uh, you know, kind of bat, painted themselves into a corner on. We are a press man team. Well, you didn't have press man corners at the Big Ten level last year. So now it's, you know, you've given up a 50-yard play because you're trying to play a defense that did not suit your personnel. So these guys, Jeff Athley and Greg Madison, are mixing in some zone concepts, mixing in some different personnel packages. And doing things a little bit different. They're actually using some common sense here. And I think that uh, until you get your roster the way you want it to be, and I don't want to say that there's major deficiencies with this roster, but the one thing that um, Ryan Day and Greg Madison both pointed out was the one area on defense where Ohio State had been recruiting well was on the defensive line. And they have a plethora of defensive linemen and they are going to play a four-man defensive line because of that, because they feel that is the strongest position group on defense, and it makes no sense to take one of those guys off the field in favor of a linebacker or a fifth defensive back. So I think you're going to see a steady four-man. Now, that isn't to say I think in some situations they may go three, you know, very rarely, very rarely, and, and that we have seen that over the years, but – it's very, very few and far between where they do that. So uh, probably 
predominantly 90% or 95% of the time they're going to be a 4-3 team or a four-man front team. And when I watch that scrimmage, Dave, I'm jotting down the numbers of the players. And the first time the first team came out, they had four guys. The next time the first team came out, they had four different guys. Then the second team had four guys. And then the second time the second team came out, they had four more guys. So what that tells me is that they've designated uh, those two four-man groups that played against the ones. They're all starters. Those are the top eight defensive linemen. And those eight are going to rotate quite a bit. And the guys who are basically the, the first group of the twos are also going to play a good little bit. So uh, that's a three-man rotation at all four spots and no slippage. I think that that is going to be dynamite to watch them stop the run, contain the run at least, and get after opposing passers. Am I ready to say this is Vrabel, Finkus, Winfield, Garnett, and Luke Fickle or whatever the great – Defensive line Ohio State has had, uh, you know, they had some great ones with Pitcock and Hayward and, you know, Vernon Golston and whoever. But, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a good one. I think it's going to be one of their better ones, no doubt. And the defense as a whole, because those guys are going to set the tone, is going to be much better for it. And it's going to be extremely deep. Like we might have seen like maybe better starting units, although I love the starting unit. Um Chase Young is going to be, a, you know, in my opinion, a top 10 draft pick. B.B. Landers is a, just a tremendous college defensive tackle. I don't know how his game will translate to the NFL level. Devon Hamilton really, really came on. And then uh, Jonathan Cooper being the fourth and final starter, although Tyreek Smith is going to play just as much as uh, a starter would, and he might push Jonathan Cooper for that job. I mean, they I like both those guys, but Tyreek Smith is a guy that, you know, seems to always be making plays. And then they've, they've got like 13 total defensive linemen. They've got like a three deep plus one that they can use. It's it's just – and the, it, even the third team guys are, are guys that would be starters at a lot of places. So it's, it's going to be, a, be uh, a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, A guy people aren't talking all that much about, Javante Jean-Baptiste, um, he did pretty well in the pass rush drill, and he actually sparked and made a couple of plays, I thought, during the scrimmage as well. He's a guy, uh, Haskell Garrett looked pretty good, I think, on a couple of tackles for loss. Uh, Zach Harrison, as you talked about, you know, he much of his work was confined to going against the second team offensive line. And they, at times, made life pretty miserable for Baldwin. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm very bullish on this. I think Malik Harrison, at outside linebacker, is going to be a stud. I think they got a real quandary at middle linebacker because I think you got three guys who could play with Tough Borland, who's out with uh, he was out at least Friday with a knee injury it seemed, and then Baron Browning and Taraji uh, Taraja Mitchell, the three of them you know are very good players and I wonder if one of them may get shifted outside. Pete Werner is the other outside linebacker and it seems to me a lot of his reps are going to be usurped by this bullet uh, just to get, uh, you know, a fifth DB who has some linebacker tendencies on the field. Um, I think it's going to look a lot better when the safety Jordan Fuller is back healthy. Uh, it looked like Pryor was starting at the other safety position in place of him. Uh, the corners were Arnett and Okuda, I believe. Uh, Sean Wade, I'm not sure. I, I don't know if I saw much of him, if he was out there. He was out there and, to him out. He, yeah, he was he was moving back and forth between safety and, and nickel, another guy that was out there. Okay. Just got first-team reps 
rested a little bit, played some safety, played some, you know, he was always the, the number one nickel. Um, you touched on something, though, that I do want to hit on um, with the linebackers, uh, especially at middle linebacker. We saw it in 2014. Um, it's pretty rare to see a rotation at linebacker. Like Ohio State runs this deep rotation that we just talked about on the defensive line, and it's going to be even deeper than usual this year. Um, and that's not commonplace with linebackers, but we've seen it work here and there. Like 2014 with Curtis Grant, Raquan McMillan, they, they rotated almost 50-50. By the end of the year, it was Curtis Grant's job. It was more like 90-10 by the end of the year when they were in the playoffs in the national championship game. So it can be done. How do you envision that shaking out? Do you think they're going to rotate? Like, Tough Borland's obviously going to play, but I think Taraja Mitchell needs to play, and Baron Browning might be that guy that you talked about that's going to move outside, if I had to guess. Maybe I'll, you can make the argument all three of those guys need to play. Do you think we're going to see some rotation at the linebacker spots this year? Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Al Washington and Greg Madison coming in from Michigan, um, you know, for, forget the fact that they're coming in from Michigan. They're coming in from the outside. And, and I've watched Madison, and he works quite a bit uh, because I think they all believe Larry Johnson and uh, Kenny Anoike, his grad assistant or whatever, have the defensive line pretty much mastered. And that's been Madison's bailiwick, uh, as our friend Tim May would say. That, that is his bailiwick. That is his area of expertise over the years. And uh, so he's been helping out Al Washington because Halfley and Barnes are working together on the secondary and Madison has kind of sunk his teeth into the linebacker group from the things that I could tell on the field. And so they're going to get the three best guys out there. And, and what, what I'm coming around to Ben to tell you is they're coming in from the outside and they have no allegiances to any of these people. They didn't recruit any of them and they haven't coached any of them previously. They have no preconceived notions. I mean, they may have put the tape on from last year just to see, you know, what was what. But, uh, and of course, Ryan Day will, will fully tell them that this was, you know, uh, a little bit messy last year. But um, I think that uh, they're going to play the best guy. Uh, it may not be Borland, who's really got two years of starting uh experience under his belt it could be Mitchell and um, I guess time will tell and, and Ryan Day sheepishly was asked about that in particular and he said yeah that's one that's going to continue over into fall camp so basically he's kicked the can down the down the line in a good way and say look here guys you show up every day bring it work hard and uh, whoever is the best on August the 20th is probably going to get that call and uh, good luck to y'all is kind of the feeling in my mind is no one's going to play just by default anymore. I mean, they had to scrape a Borland together with, you know, you know, duct tape and whatever to get him out on the field last year because in their mind, he was the only one they had who could make plays at that position. And I don't know what that says about the other guys. I mean, you, you had guys like Keandre Jones and, um, there was another one who'd been around for a while that never, never saw under penalty of death, never saw the field. Oh, Hilliard, you know, I mean, it took like three injuries for Hilliard to finally play. And he did play pretty well in the one game that he played, but uh, he never came back after that. And, you know, when the guys got healthy again. So uh, to me, it's going to be a much better linebacker group. And I think uh, competition, uh, the best will play. 
Great insights as always from Steve Hellwagon. Thank you very much, Steve. And thanks to all the listeners out there for tuning in to the show. I appreciate it. I hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Bye.